0: The Delphi defendant wants your help. The roommates are officially ruled out as suspects in the Idaho University murders. Grandma apparently stepped up in the Quentin Simon case. Alec Murdoch's co-conspirator is found guilty of all counts. And then finally, our dumb criminal of the day, which gives new meaning to the word, don't live stream the crime scene. Let's talk about it. Good day, welcome to Crime Talk. My name is Scott Rice, you know the drill. Subscribe if you haven't, like if you do. Leave me a comment and hit that little bell so that you receive notifications of when we go live or put up new content. And as always, please support the people that support Crime Talk. Go to crimetalksearch.com, sign up for a background subscription service where you can do as many background searches as you desire when you have the background subscription service. And when you do that background subscription, you will be able to do a search, and that search will be done while you wait. A report will be generated, and it's going to have information that, well, the person that you're interested in probably didn't tell you about in the first place. So find out if they're on one of those registries. Do they have a criminal history? Should you be afraid? Do they have civil judgments against them? Are they still married? Those little things in life you may want to know. So go to crimetalksearch.com and sign up today. You'll be happy you did. All right, let's go ahead and open the docket for November 23rd, 2022. Now, one of the attorneys for the Delphi double murder suspect, Richard Allen, called the state's probable cause affidavit flimsy. We talked about this yesterday. Well, lawyer Andrew Baldwin, he told reporters that after the hearing yesterday, that they want the affidavit unsealed so that they can better get the public's help establishing their clients innocence he stated you're going to read the probable cause affidavit online or wherever they get it and hopefully that's going to ring a bell for somebody to help us out because he is innocent he has told us that very emotionally he has thanked us for our help and mr baldwin told reporters that they didn't have the discovery yet just the affidavit but if that's all they got they're not very impressed the uh Uh, prosecutor and the uh, police for the last number of years have been conducting press conferences and asking the public for help now we're asking for the public for help you're going to read that uh, probable cause affidavit online or wherever they get it and uh, hopefully that's going to ring a bell for somebody to help us out because he is innocent he has told us that uh, very emotionally he has thanked us for our help We'll see. And when you guys read the PCA, presuming that the judge grants our motion, you know, you will have to question, is this what happens after five years of an investigation? Is this what it is? We don't have any other evidence. We don't have any discovery. That's all we have. And we are not impressed. So, as you may recall, Mr. Allen is charged with uh, murdering Libby German and her best friend, Abby Williams. Um, the girls vanished walking the Monon High Bridge Trail near Delphi, Indiana on February 13th of 2017. Their tragic deaths obviously uh, shook that small community there in Delphi, which is the uh, county seat, Carroll County, uh, which has about 20,000 people in that little county there. Now, search warrants showed that the uh, girls had lost considerable amount of blood when they died Um, and with the blood likely ending up on their killers, what the police believe, at least on their hands as well. It also appeared that German and Williams' remains were moved and somehow staged, although that's still unclear because the prosecution hasn't released the affidavit. And the alleged killer is believed to have taken some sort of souvenir from the crime scene. The case obviously has gone unsolved for years with investigators only releasing a recording that German secretly took of the suspected killer. That's the recording where he says, guys, down the hill. Well, that was captured in that clip and the authorities say that the it was recorded by uh, the victim. Now, the attorney said that uh, uh, he is quite convinced at this point that uh, Mr. Allen is the wrong guy, that the police got the wrong guy. Now, obviously that's pretty bold allegations to make, but you have to like the uh, style of the defense on this case. I love good lawyering. This is good lawyering right here, basically saying, hey, release it. We've got nothing to hide. Let's raise doubt as to his innocence already. It's gotta make the prosecution work this matter, and their evidence is gonna have to be, obviously, rise to the level of proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Now, as the attorney stated, it's a little weird for defense lawyers to be arguing that they want things unsealed, but that's how how confident they are in their client's innocence and they stated that they've seen what's in the affidavit, and basically what they've seen so far, they're not worried about it at all. Uh, We don't have any of the other evidence in the case, but based upon what they've seen, they're not going to be able to have enough to show that their client did anything in this particular case. Apparently Mr. Allen is somewhat confused, bewildered, and uh, his wife continues to support him. Uh, But the lawyers also said that uh, this has upended their lives, obviously, and uh, prosecutors have said in court that they believe that another person was involved in the killing of uh, German and Williams. Now, the attorneys declined to comment on that, citing that early stages of the case. Uh, Mr. Baldwin, the attorney, said that the allegation was new to him. We'll see what the evidence looks like, but we're not impressed by the affidavit for sure. Next on the docket, the Moscow, Idaho Police Department has ruled out the two surviving roommates of the four murdered University of Idaho students. Now, as well as apparently some additional friends that were in the home at the time of the 911 call. Now, as suspected in their investigation into the uh, homicides uh, involving Ethan Chapin, Zaina Kernodal, Madison Mogan, and Kaylee Goncalves, they were murdered in their beds and each was apparently stabbed in both the chest and the upper body with a large knife. Idaho police are investigating whether the college student who was brutally murdered um, maybe had a stalker. The Moscow Police Department said it has received hundreds of pieces of information that suggested that one of the victims, Kaylee Gonclavez, had a stalker. Investigators have not been able to verify any of these tips apparently, but they are investigating each and every one. Now, the night before the murder, on the evening of Saturday, November 12th, Miss Mogan and Ms. Goncalves had been at a local bar in Moscow, Idaho. Chapin and Kernodal had been at a party at the Sigma Chi fraternity house on the University of Idaho campus, and both parties returned home early in the morning. Uh, Chapin was not a permanent resident of the house, but appeared to be staying at the residence that night. The bodies of the four college students were later found on the second floor and the third floor of the homes. And as we know at this point, there are still no suspects, no murder weapon, and well, the police don't have much to go by. Next on the docket, it looks like grandma was the one that stepped up in regards to Quentin Simon. So a day after the police in Chatham County, Georgia announced that they had arrested Lilani Simon and charged her with murder after discovering what were believed to be the remains of her son, the dead child's grandmother, emerged as the person who had tipped off the authorities about her own daughter. A family friend has stated that Billy Howe, the little boy's grandmother, was struggling to come to the terms of the death of the 20-month-old toddler and the alleged role of her daughter in the disappearance and death. The friend, apparently stated, has not been named, that several weeks ago, Miss Simon had checked herself into a treatment center. The person said the grandmother had been communicating with the FBI on a daily basis since Quinton was reported missing on October 5. At some point, Miss Simon's mother learned her daughter was set to check herself out of the treatment center, according to this friend. Her mother had to make one of the hardest decisions of her life, apparently, and called the FBI agents and let them know that she was signing herself out and that she could not come back here, referring to the house, and that she was going to be a flight risk because she could not come back here because she was going to go back on the street and doing god knows what with god knows who according to the friend probably not wrong on monday afternoon police said that miss simon had been charged regarding the disappearance and alleged murder and the uh, police detectives stated that uh 22 year old Lalani simon was charged with malice murder, concealing the death of another person, false reporting and making false statements in connection with the disappearance and death of her son, Quinton Simon. That's right, who was, his remains were found in a landfill that the authorities had searched for a month. Let's not forget that Leilani also tried to pin it on her baby's daddy, that uh, he was the one responsible uh, for Quentin Simon's uh, death and disappearance, when in fact he had a lock tight alibi. Not cool, not cool. Not cool killing your kid, even more not cool by trying to pin it on somebody else, that's for sure. All right, Mr. Alec Murdoch's accomplice. Guilty as to all counts. A federal jury in Charleston, South Carolina, has found Russell Lafitte guilty on each of the six criminal counts in which he was charged in the first trial regarding Alex Murdoch's investigations. Now, Mr. Lafitte was found guilty of conspiracy, wire fraud, bank fraud, as well as guilty of three counts of misapplying bank funds. He faces up to 30 years in prison and millions of dollars in fines in connection with all of those convictions. Mr. Lafitte was allowed to remain at liberty, uh, pending sentencing and uh, even though the prosecution asked to modify his bond conditions, the court didn't feel that that was necessary. You have to remember that when one is convicted, the court can always revoke all bonds and send somebody into custody pending uh, sentencing because at that point they oftentimes become a flight risk. Uh, Obviously, in some cases, Uh, The judge is required to do so, usually on crimes of violence or crimes involving firearms. If the defendant is out on bond, that bond uh, will be revoked upon conviction. I've seen judges do it on minor drug cases and um, say, nope, I revoke everybody once they're guilty. So send them off to jail. We'll see at sentencing. Well, Mr. Lafitte's uh, verdict uh, came in about uh, 9.30 uh, p.m. after 11 hours of uh, deliberation. And apparently uh, two jurors were excused from duty for medical reasons, one of them claiming uh, to have been receiving end of pressure from their peers on the panel. It's not immediately clear whether the disruption in the jury process could be grounds for an appeal, but it potentially could be if you got a bunch of rogue jurors. Maybe they violated uh, the court's rules, which means they potentially violated Mr. Lafitte's constitutional rights. It gets... Tricky. But the remaining jurors came to a unanimous decision. Now, um, for those who are not familiar, Mr. Lafitte uh, lives in Hampton, South Carolina, and he's the former chief executive officer of the Palmetto State Bank. And he was fired from that position um, in January based upon his alleged role uh, with uh, Alex Murdoch, where uh, funds were disappearing and maybe making loans with other people's money. And it sounded a little hinky to say the least. Now, hinky is a uh, uh, Latin term. Uh, It's very term of art in the legal business. Um, Remember that. Well, apparently Mr. Lafitte uh, may have wished he had uh, gone along with that agreement that was reached out to him by federal government, uh, where they offered for him to testify in future prosecutions regarding an ongoing investigation. Apparently that deal uh, collapsed because Mr. Lafitte didn't want to go to prison for four to five years. (laughs) Well, now he's gonna get more. Everybody turns down those deals, and then they think, wow, that was a good deal. Well, we'll see. But that's what happens when you've been convicted now of uh, helping Mr. Murdoch rip off his clients and then help cover the tracks. Not gonna be good for Mr. Lafitte. Now, Mr. Mm -hmm. Lafitte's, basically his defense was, I wasn't the big decision maker in this conspiracy, so therefore I shouldn't be held responsible. Well, Mr. Lafitte, that is a mitigation factor to be taken into account at sentencing, but not but not a defense. You can't say I was in the conspiracy, but I didn't make all the decisions. When you're in a conspiracy, you're the old. You're in for a penny. You're in for a pound. You're in. So not good for him. And we also discovered that you know on the same day that uh, Mr. Murdoch's uh, wife and son. Uh, were killed. Coincidentally, one of the employees at the firm tried to talk to Mr. Alec Murdoch regarding some irregularities involving uh, some of his clients' accounts. Yeah, and that was on June 7th, the same evening or same day that prosecutors later say that uh, Murdoch killed his uh, 22-year-old son, Paul Murdoch, and his uh, wife, Maggie, on uh, their property. We'll see how things... uh, Turn out for Mr. Murdoch, somehow I don't think it's a good sign when your co-defendants already going down on the theft and um, conspiracy charges. Not good. Not good. Clearly that's the least of Mr. Murdoch's concerns. He's got bigger problems, much bigger problems. And finally today, our dumb criminal of the day. Yes, this young lady has been charged with setting her ex-boyfriend's house on fire. Sinedo Soto uh, apparently was been upset when a woman who turned out to be a relative of her former boyfriend answered his phone. The owner of the home, a relative of the boyfriend Soto broke in to, uh, apparently stole several items and then set the house on fire. According to the police affidavit, um, it alleges that Ms. Soto FaceTime the boyfriend and showed him a burning chair inside the house. What have we said about live streaming the crime scene? Don't do it. Don't live stream the crime scene, ladies and gentlemen. Yep, now she's charged with burglary and arson and being held on a $165,000 bond. Um, I get it, people can be jealous, but before you go break in and try to burn down somebody's home, you better make damn sure it's really the other woman and not the ex-boyfriend's relative. All right, that is all we have for you today. We hope you have a great day, not just a good day, and hope that you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. We'll see you next time on Crime Talk.